Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Teresa Retzloff. My co-host Jessica Schleif is off this week. Uh, today, I am sitting in a very beautiful garden in Halem with uh, the gardener and farmer florist, Sarah Zwistler. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. It's great I, to be with you. I have been wanting to see your garden for so long now. I mean, it's been years since I've seen it. And you have such a beautiful Instagram feed of the flowers that you um, grow and arrange here. And so it's inspiring to come and see where they where they start. Oh, thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about your garden here. Where are you and how long you've been here? So um, I'm located in Nahalem. Um, I'm in Bayside Gardens next to beautiful Nahalem Bay. Um, we've been here for about 11 years um, and it, we live on a just a small half acre property, but um, we have a beautiful space here and the garden's gone through a lot of evolution since we moved in. You've got some beautiful raised beds. You have a lot of, of gorgeous uh, perennials, annuals, lots of dahlias, some really impressive eucalyptus. <laughs> <laughs> when did you have, so flowers clearly are a passion for you. Yes. But I, I know that I when I first met you, it was in wearing your biologist hat. Um, so you do also do biology. Um, you work with uh, salmon mm -hmm. habitat. Yep. Um, and you've been doing that for quite a while. I have. Yep. Yep. I worked in conservation for quite a number of years and I still do that today. I work for Trout Unlimited and I work on uh, salmon habitat restoration. So where do the flowers come from? Well, the flowers, um, they've just been with me most of my life. Um, I've always been a gardener my whole life. You know, no matter where I am, I always have a garden. Even, you know, when I was in college, I had, you know, potted plants outside my dorm room. And um, everywhere I go, I just um, always have a garden and uh, mostly, you know, for a long time, I was a vegetable gardener. Um, I love picking vegetables from the garden and cooking them. It's really a source of joy for me. Um, but, um, you know, I started adding flowers more and more um, just for beauty and for fragrance and for pollinator habitat. Um, and then um, a couple of years ago, maybe in 2017, I sort of discovered, you know, growing a cutting garden, which really wasn't something I had done before. Um, and so I started learning more and more about growing flowers um, for cutting and arranging. And I just uh, basically developed this insatiable appetite for learning about that and growing flowers. Um, and, and then started learning about arranging them, um, which was always something that I just didn't feel like I was very good at, but um, I've actually grown to, to love it. Um, you are really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Teresa. Yeah, so um, actually when I was growing up, my mom was a wedding and event florist. And so she ran her business out of her garage um, when I was growing up. And so I, I was around flower ranging. That was very different. You know, she wasn't growing the flowers. Um, you know, she was ordering them from the wholesaler, but she was still creating beautiful, beautiful florals for weddings. And so I got to, you know. Did she let you help at She all? did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was a teenager at that time, so I wasn't like 100% into hanging out with my mom and doing what she wanted me to do. But I did help her a lot, you know, just with washing buckets and wiring flowers and making boutonnieres um, and helping her deliver 
deliver weddings. Um, and so I, now that I'm trying to do that more, I realize that I did absorb a lot from that experience. And, um, you know, my mom passed away a number of years ago and, um, just now growing and arranging flowers is just a really special way that I connect with my mom. Um, and I really feel her with me and I can really understand more her passion for flowers now. That's so amazing. Do you grow things that you know that she liked to work with? Do you feel that connection with some of the flowers that you grow or is it your own thing? Well, it's a, it's a combination of both. Yeah. Um, you know, she really loved roses. Um, and so I just introduced some roses into my garden this year. Um, and that's been really fun and beautiful. The deer have really enjoyed them. <laughs> you definitely need a fence. I need a fence. Um, but um, I'm also starting to grow peonies this year. I I'm, I'm going to be putting in some peonies and I'm very excited. My mom loved peonies and um, not long before my mom passed away, my dad planted a huge patch of peonies for my mom. And um, so I'm excited to, to grow that seems those. It's like a wonderful way to honor her and feel that connection. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how those things kind of resonate. I know there's definitely flowers that I grow that I know that my mom loved. Mm -hmm. And I maybe even if they're not super useful to me, I still grow them because I know that she loved them. Right, yeah, it's really, really meaningful and it's, it's, it's really special. Where do you sell your flowers? I mean, you've just started recently, but how, I mean, how is that transition? Because I know a lot of times people will start, they have, you know, beautiful cut flowers in their garden. Maybe they start making little arrangements, but that's a big transition from going from, I've got a cutting garden, I maybe make a bouquet for a friend to I'm trying to do this as a business. How are you making that transition? Yeah, so it's been a slow transition, um, just little by little, baby steps, I like to say. But, um, you know, I just started by selling bouquets to friends who asked me if I would make bouquets for them. Um, and then I have done bouquet subscriptions where you can, you know, order flowers, weekly flowers for a number of weeks. Um, and then you, I can just deliver them each week. Um, and then... Um, you know, mostly it's been word of mouth and people finding me on Instagram um, and ordering flowers, um, hoping to, you know, expand as the years go on. But um, this year I also uh, started doing some wedding florals and that was something I really enjoyed. Just, you know, small little events, um, elopements and just designing personal bouquets and boutonnieres and corsages and centerpieces. So um, I'm really excited about that. I really enjoyed the, the process um, of really trying to understand what what the bride and the family, what kind of feel they were going for and, and trying to execute that. So that's been really fun too. See, that terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a bit of it and, and, it's, and it's wonderful, but it's, it's like such a personal thing that you're working with people on. It do is. You, do yeah. you ever, like, is, is it hard sometimes to interpret what people are asking for? Um, kind of. I mean, there's always that little bit of, you know, self-doubt, like, am I really understanding this? Um, you know, mostly what I come back to is just, you know, really trying to listen to that person and trying to sort of understand who they, who they are and what they're communicating with me. Um, the people who are attracted to my flowers, I think, really like that sort of natural, organic, garden style look um, with, you know, maybe a little bit wild, um, seasonal and, you know, reflective of nature. So, you know, if they're coming to me um, because I'm, I'm really not advertising, you know, widely, they're, they're finding me and they like my style. So, you know, I start with that and, um, you know, the flowers 
you know, when you have flowers that are, are fresh and they're, they're grown with so much love and, uh, you know, they're not shipped from thousands of miles, um, they're just fragrant and beautiful and, you know, you can, the flowers really speak for themselves. So, you know, so far so good. <laughs> you feel that love in the flowers. I know I definitely feel like I see that the freshness, it's amazing to me how long flowers last and sometimes I've looked up you know people will say like this is the expected vase life for this flower I'm thinking I get so much more time out of it and I think it's just because you know cutting it and putting it into a, an arrangement right away mm -hmm. it's not having to go into a box and be shipped and flown on an airplane and then put in a cooler and shipped on a truck yeah it's just right there yes you know from the garden to your home exactly yeah yeah mm -hmm. One of the things that I've found so inspiring um, about your garden over the years, because I feel like I've been watching you on social media for a long time, probably since you first started this garden, mm -hmm. started building these beds, is how you've gotten, you have two sons, mm -hmm. and how old are they now? They are eight and 10 now. They are eight and 10. You've had them engaged and involved in this garden since the beginning. Yep. <laughs> how do you do that? I mean, because they seem to genuinely enjoy it. They do. They, they really love the garden. And um, you know, they've grown up in the garden. It's, you know, this is, this is what we do here. Um, and they just, you know, ever since they were little, you know, I would just be out here, set them on a little blanket and, and do my thing. And, you know, as they've, every step of the way as they've crawled and, you know, start grabbing things and feeling, and it's just been a really sensory experience for them as babies and toddlers. And, um, you know, then they discover that, you know, you can graze in the garden. So there's raspberries and strawberries and blueberries and carrots and snap peas. And, you know, they just they just love um, going around and, and picking food from the garden. And are they uh, are they more vegetable gardeners than flower gardeners? Um, I would say it's a little of both. They've really gotten into flowers lately um, and it's really, really cool. They. In fact, Charlie, you know, just loves, you know, he wants to like sit down and look at the David Austin Rose catalog with me and pick out which varieties, you know, mom, we got to order this one. And, um, you know, they, they love to make arrangements now, which is just... I've seen some of the ones you've posted of theirs and it, that seems such a wonderful way to engage with kids, like to yeah. let them just do that and let them make bouquets Yeah. and see what comes out. Yeah. And because, you know... Of course, everybody has, you know, sometimes I feel the urge to like say, oh, well, maybe you should do this or put this there, or, you know, and then I just just let them do their thing. And they just go around with the clippers in the yard and they pick out the materials they want to use. And they ever so carefully and intentionally place the flowers in the vase and they create these amazing arrangements that is just, I mean, to me as their mom, um, you know, seeing seeing my little boys create these beautiful floral arrangements is just um, they are. I've I've seen some photos that you've posted, and they are really quite beautiful. <laughs> Maybe not as beautiful as yours, but in a different way. Well, exactly, and they are. They, I mean, I think they're really beautiful. I mean, I am their mom, but um, and the other aspect of it that I love is for me and for them is that it's such a meditative activity, like arranging flowers and you know it really puts you in the moment so you're really looking around and you know observing and um you know it just really slows you down and it's it's a really peaceful thing to do and I, I feel like for me and for them it's just a very calming activity and I feel like we can all use calming definitely use some calming days. it is really beautiful I can lose track of time mm -hmm. when I'm making an arrangement yeah um 
and sometimes I let myself just kind of get it to a certain point and then oh, it just needs one more thing and I'll like wander back out and try and find that thing and yeah. feel very indulgent if I'm really not trying to, you know, be to a time thing. But it's just, it's very inspiring and you're right, it's very calming. Yeah, yeah. And the other aspect of it that I love is, you know, it puts you in the moment um, when you're picking your materials and creating your arrangement, but it also you know, is this really ephemeral art form, you know, it's just, you're putting it together for that moment, and however long the flowers last, and then, and then it's gone, you know, I mean, the one way you can preserve it is uh, by photographing it, or, you know, some people, you know, preserve bouquets or press flowers, but it really is this very ephemeral art form, um, and I love that about it, too. Have you been um, surprised at all by the way that people engage with flowers, I mean, the emotion that comes along with it. It's so interesting to me how flowers, you know, they seem, they can seem on one level sort of frivolous or like you said, ephemeral, but the way that people connect to them can be really powerful. Do you feel that? Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just about everybody has some memory associated with flowers, you know, with their family or their, you know, grandmother's garden or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and it really, I don't know, there's something about flowers that I feel like it breaks down walls and it opens people's hearts. Um, and I've just, you know, for me, especially this year, being able to share flowers with people and evoke a response of joy and gratitude in other people and myself, um, it's just been a very um, healing healing thing this year you know when everybody's struggling so much just the joy that giving someone a bouquet yeah for sometimes for no reason but just I thought you needed some flowers it's amazing the impact that that can have yeah and you know people will people will be in tears you know when you give them a bouquet of flowers and it's just one of those things I think it is one of those things that you that you I mean, sometimes they're associated with big life events like weddings or a memorial or, you know, something like that. But there's there's something about it that, um, you know, it's just it's purely for beauty and it's a way to show love. And um, I really like that about flowers. And um, this year I got involved with this project called the Growing Kindness Project. It was started by this woman, Deanna Kitchen of Twig and Bite Farm up in Washington and um, basically the whole point of the project is to just help people learn how to grow flowers and to give them freely just to spread kindness in the world. Wow. Um, how did, so how did you how did you manifest that? What did you do? Well <laughs> um, I, I gave away a lot of flowers this year. Um, you know I, I especially early on in the COVID lockdown um, you know I I had a bunch of tulips and, you know, we've been talking about tulips today that, you know, once they're going, if it's hot, they just blow open and it's a really quick window. So, you know, I just put, put things on Facebook like, hey, you know, if you would, would you like some flowers? I've got some tulip, you know, and so many people came and got flowers and it's just this um, just really amazing response where people really want that and then um you know I've had other occasions where you know I've asked people do you just know do you know somebody who needs a little boost um 
and you know people will come and get bouquets that I made and and that you know it's joyful for me to give them those bouquets and it's joyful for them to then pass those on to other people and it's like this beautiful um, you know circle where everybody's feeling feeling good and feeling seen and feeling appreciated so um, it's yeah it's been really re rewarding it's so inspiring and I've, I've seen some of those bouquets that you've done and I it yeah what a beautiful thing to do I'm looking I'm, I'm feeling a bit of envy because your garden has not died in the frost like mine <laughs> mine has so what are some of your favorite flowers to grow seasonally you know like spring summer fall I mean you have a beautiful dahlia collection but but what other things do you like to grow oh my goodness well, I like to say, you know, picking a favorite flower is like picking a favorite child. But um, <laughs> I mean, that's a thing. It's like every season you can have your favorite and it's in bloom at that time. So um, in the spring, you know, definitely tulips. I love tulips. Um, you know, the tulips and daffodils come up in the spring and uh, tulips are just... Um, they're so amazing because they have this lifespan. They, you know, once you cut them, they still continue to grow in the vase and then they, they just blow open and they just go out in this incredible glory. Um, so I love them from the moment they bloom to the, you know, when their last petal falls off, they're just spectacular. Um, and then ranunculus season starts and ranunculus are just so amazing. They just have so many petals and beautiful colors. Um, and, you know, and, and, then, and then this season just keeps rolling on, you know, so the roses are just beautiful and so fragrant. Um, and then, of course, dahlia season in late summer, early fall, um, you know, dahlias are just um, the most amazing flowers, I think, because there's so many varieties of them and they're just so generous. They give so many blooms. Um, they just bloom and bloom and you cut them. The more you cut them, the more they bloom. And then at the end of the season, you've got, you know, all of these tubers that they've produced to, to um, you know, give you more plants the next year. They are an incredibly generous flower. Yeah. <laughs> and they grow well here, which is nice. They do, yes. Are there things that you wish you could grow, but you can't? Oh, goodness. Hmm. I think about that sometimes, like some things that maybe like hotter weather or that, you know, need more of a cold snap. Um, but we have a pretty great growing climate here for flowers. We do. We have and actually We're kind of spoilt in a lot of ways. You're probably more climate. limited by deer yeah. than anything <laughs> else, which honestly, I have to say, I know you talk about your deer impacting your garden a lot, but just looking around, I'm thinking, whoa, you're able to grow a lot of things yeah. that the deer don't seem to bother. Yes, that's true. Um, do you talk to them? Do you like, have <laughs> some sort of deal with them? Because it's pretty magical. <laughs> I, they just, they seem to have their favorites, so they'll mm -hmm. come and nibble on their favorite things. Um, do, you and plant, do you plant them as trap crops for the deer? Well, uh, apparently I did. <laughs> Maybe you didn't mean to, but yeah, yeah, yeah they... They, they sort of prefer um, a lot of the vegetables. Definitely green beans and broccoli they really love, um, and beet greens. and um, But yeah, they really munched on my roses, and um, really the roses were the most heavily impacted, and you know, people know that deer love roses, but. You, do, you don't have any kind of greenhouse here, do you? I do not. That is impressive. Honestly, and I think inspiring too, because I know a lot of people here struggle and think, oh, I can't really have a proper garden unless I have some kind of greenhouse. And, but what you're able to achieve with, with a, a you know, fairly modest-sized garden, it's, it's very inspiring to see. Like you, so you're, you use mostly raised beds. Mm -hmm. um, 
Is that for your soil? You're, you're in a very sandy part of Nehalem. Yes. Yes. So you try to build up your beds. Yep. Yes. So yeah, we are on, you know, just about pure sand here where I am. So uh, over the years I've um, built up my beds and building my soils a really important part of my gardening. Um, you know, I try, um, you know, not to dig around too much. I try to maintain the soil structure, um, you know, feed, feed the biodiversity in the soil. Um, and, and use a lot of um, compost and mulch um, to build that up. And um, yeah, it's a, it, it is a modest sized garden, but um, you, you really can grow a lot in a small space. Um, you don't need a huge area. Um, and yeah, I did have a greenhouse at one time and that was really wonderful, but it blew away in one of our winter storms. Um, so yeah, someday I'll have one again, but yeah, I, you know, I just have a modest setup. I start seeds under lights in my garage and, you know, I enjoy babying those little seedlings. It's, it's something really wonderful to do in the winter. And, you know, I just, um, you know, nurture them throughout the season and yeah, I don't, I don't need a greenhouse. I can grow a lot without one. So. That is so inspiring. <laughs> that really is. And do you ever have to, do you, or do you struggle between, do I want to grow food, crops, vegetables, or flowers? You kind of fight with that a bit. I do, because I used to grow a lot of food crops. I mean, most of this garden, you know, used to, used to be food. Um, but the flowers have really taken over. Um, so I don't have a lot of room for food these days. Um, I've actually considered like, well, maybe I should get a CSA from one of our awesome local <laughs> farms um, for my vegetables. Um, but I do love growing food and harvesting food and the kids love that too. So I definitely have maintained some space, but you know, um, as any gardener knows, it just seems like you always want more space. You want more space. Um, and so more space and more time, more time. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Less weeds. <laughs> time is a limiting factor for me too. It really is. Well, and because you're working full time and you're doing this. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. It's that a lot. is a lot. So your work, I mean, you work with nature on behalf of nature in the work that you do for Trout Unlimited and the salmon habitat. Does, does your connection to nature inform your flower work or vice versa? I mean, it, it feels like, I mean, there's a wildness in, in your flowers that, you know, speaks to that other world that you're also connected to. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, my, my whole career and college education, you know, I've, I've been focused on ecology and, and, um, you know, I work in salmon habitat these days, but, um, you know, I've also spent a lot of years, um, as a botanist and doing plant stuff. So, you know, I've, I've, I've always loved um, observing nature and understanding the ecology and how, you know, how things work together. Um, and, you know, just observing the characteristics of, of different plants or, you know, different ecosystems or landscape systems. So, you know, I, I really do feel like the two are intertwined and mostly, you know, sort of the, the bottom line is that I just, you know, I really want to, you know, leave whatever little patch of ground I'm stewarding better than I found it. And, you know, I want to be um, a steward of nature and, and someone who's, you know, contributing to the health of our planet, you know, rather than rather than degrading it. So it's very inspiring. And I think you're clearly doing that. 
If people want to get a hold of you, if they want to connect with you with your flowers, what's the best way to do that? I mean, you, if you're on Instagram, I just want to say you should be following Mia Connie Blooms because it's very inspiring. <laughs> so, so there's that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So my Instagram, Nia Connie Blooms. Um, so that's like Nia Connie Mountain down here. That's N E A H K A H N I E Blooms on Instagram, and then I also have a Facebook page for Nia Connie Blooms. And um, I'm building my website right now, so that's neaconnieblooms.com. And if you go to that web address, you'll you can sign up for my mailing list. Um, and so uh, I can send out I send out newsletters every so often. Um, but yeah, the website's coming soon. That's so great. I um, so what are you looking forward to this winter? Just resting? <laughs> <laughs> Do you get some rest or? Um, I do look forward to resting a little bit this winter. You know, I am really busy with my full-time job and my two kids, but um, I do like that, that slowdown period and, you know, that sense of renewal when everything is taking a little, taking a little break and, um, you know, then it'll be time to start seeds again and I'm already plotting and planning what I'm going to be growing next year. So, Do you think you're going to have room for it all? No. No, but we'll figure that out. You're going to need some new new beds. Yeah. Better, better talk to your husband about that. <laughs> get, him, yeah. get him building some yeah, of those he, guys. He's, he's my chief bed builder, so. That's a good relationship to have. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I thank you so much for meeting me here, for letting me into your garden to nose around and look at your flowers. I know it's very vulnerable sometimes, especially late fall, uh, for gardeners to share, for gardeners and farmers to share their space with others uh, to see. And what things look like kind of as they're, as they're winding down, but it's very inspiring and so beautiful. And thank you so much for all the beautiful flowers that you've shared with so many people this year. It's been very inspiring and, and has definitely warmed my heart. Oh, thank you so much, this Teresa. Year too, yeah, so it's I'm, been absolutely wonderful to have you here in my garden. You've yeah. been an inspiration to me for so long. I mean, I can remember when I first moved here, going to the farmer's market and buying your flower bouquets and just being amazed. So thank you for your inspiration and your your mentorship. I just appreciate it so much. It's a lot of mutual love. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we both grow flowers and that's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everybody for joining us for In Season today. Um, you did hear an awful lot of airplanes in this episode. We're sitting very near um, Nahalem Bay. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's a lot of planes flying overhead. <laughs> so thanks for putting up with that. Um, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks, Jason.